morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Goldie? Hello, Goldie. Hello, Slugger. Number 46. Hello, Cardinals. Hello, Cardinal fans, workers, or as Charlie Tuna pointed out, shoppers. He said he was excited because it was a great shopping day. Absolutely. Party goers. Welcome aboard Coveted Hour, which, by the way, is catching on. It is, actually. Frank now says it. People were tweeting last night, watch out. I think it was a young boy who was at the Brewery Lights hanging with Cam Mm -hmm. Jansen, and they said he's got hot takes. He'll soon be ready for the Coveted Hour. But I was going to point out, after the dust settles, all of the comments have been made. It's time for some true analysis. Chuck Marlowe joins us. Midday Grind, live from Bush Stadium, where we had extensive coverage of the Paul Goldschmidt press conference earlier today. I don't think you're going to get him to say anything crazy about himself. Bold predictions. He is not going to ask for the 44. I think we will as fans. I want my first baseman wearing a 44. Is that weird? That the, I, like, I don't like the 46. Is I that like weird? I like 44. I like. I Marty like, love the negative. Look, I like 22, 33, Larry Legend. The same number twice, 44. It just kind of looks cool, but I heard you guys talking about this. Would he maybe get 44? But think about it. Holiday season coming up. How many kids now change their Christmas list on Wednesday and want a Goldie jersey for Christmas? In all seriousness. So you can't switch now, right? You got to. You got to wow. get these things. You got to get these things ready this, to sell immediately. Correct. No, they, and they're good at that around here. No, they the will, other day. But you're right. I didn't think of think it. About what, that. If, what if you sell a bunch of those, and then at spring training he's wearing the 44? You can't do that. We were at the press conference for the powder blue jerseys, and then we go next door to Cardinal Nation. They're already selling those jerseys. So I'm thinking. You got to get the goalie number forty-six on the racks immediately. I, I'm being serious. That is a great take on a non-important topic that's, that I that's can, very important that I consider to be important. And our buddy Dave Job, who will join us with Jobber's jokes at about twelve thirty. Fair warning to Brian McKenna, who cares, and everyone else who doesn't want to hear it. That's coming up at twelve thirty. No offense, Jobber, if you're listening. He and I were texting earlier about the number, and he said, "I'll bet you anything, Gregerson will cough it up." Didn't know about it, and I, although for your reasons, I don't think he can. How about that? This is this is very important. A lot to get to. Midday grind here on Five Night of the Fan. I like the fact that Goldie doesn't really care about it, but also a guy who's a big time slugger, all star. Sometimes you get that number, you break the guy off with what a nice little Rolex watch, maybe a nice gift. Gregerson could have gotten something like that. I'm I'm guessing. No, but I it think, seems like Goldie no. Mo just care. calls him and says, "You can stay on the team." <laughs> well, I he think, is under contract. That's right? a fair offer. That's true. Uh, midday grind again. A lot to get to. Not just the baseball talk. A lot of conversation with Bill DeWitt about uh, what else could be done. John Mozeliak held a scrum after the press conference, and my question to him was because they're not going to get into specifics. I said there's still a lot out there. A lot of big money players that are available. I said, <laughs> is it safe to say this is the big bat you were going to sign and that you have your big bat. He said, yes, I think it's fair to say we have our big bat. In other words, can we stop 
for your own sanity. Bryce Harper. Correct. I think whether you still want him, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I'd go get him too. What I'm saying is it's not happening. Can we at least agree to that part of it? Whether it should or shouldn't is different. Let's agree it's not happening. Sure. But I love, I love your question. I just – I find it kind of funny, and I understand why sometimes John Mozeliak is probably like, these idiots, I just I can't win. Because, look, I get it. It's a fair question to ask. 100% is. But we're also here at the press conference announcing the six-time All-Star, what, three-time Gold Glove winner, four-time Silver Slugger, and it's almost like, okay, now it's what's next. We just got you, Paul Goldschmidt. Shut up and at least wait a couple days. And I wasn't I saying I'm on joking. my behalf, but I think this is the time to ask before they go to Vegas winter meetings next week, for those wondering, is this it in terms of offense? And he had said previously, we like our lineup, we like our starting eight, although you can move that right field in and out, maybe our starting nine, a lot of players to uh, squeeze into right field, but it's obvious they're not chasing Bryce Harper. Now, he did say also in the scrum, Hey, that doesn't mean more or less that we checked it out, looked into it. I think that's something that we assumed all along. But if Goldschmidt hadn't happened, I did ask Mr. DeWitt what was you know the plan B, and I forget the answer, but something along the lines <laughs> of, well, then maybe we would have had to shift it gears. For what they like to do, isn't this just the perfect fit? You trade some currency that you had, i.e. players. Yes, and it seemed like when you first heard the report that the Diamondbacks might be in sell mode, instantly it just made sense. Cardinals and Paul Goldschmidt, and it happened. And talking about Bryce Harper, I think it's interesting. Now, look, I'm not comparing Bryce Harper to anybody from last year's free agent market, but last year was weird, and the market came back for a lot of players. You could even mention a Greg Holland. I shouldn't bring his name up. I'm sure Cardinals fans might be vomiting right now. I don't think that's going to happen with Bryce Harper, right? We can all agree. The market is not going to be – okay, the market comes down from what? $375 million to $360 million. I don't think that's going to happen with a guy like that. Now, maybe some of these kind of B-type players, some of these fringe players – you saw this last year with Moustakis and guys like that. Now, maybe the market comes back for some of those guys and you get back in the mix for players like that. Come on, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, those guys are going to get $300 million plus. On the text line, the uh, question for you during the Coveted Hour here, 855-282-8255. The Cocktail Hour is coming up at 1 o'clock. This is the Coveted Hour here, 855-282-8255. The question is, are you okay with that? Because they got Paul Goldschmidt and they have more or less said, we're not getting Bryce Harper, we're not pursuing Bryce Harper, are you okay with that? Is that enough? 855 282 8255. One of our great sponsors is Offenberg Hyundai. That's O'Fallon, Illinois, Highway 64, just across the bridge from downtown St. Louis, Poplar Street, Bernard F. Dickman Bridge, real close to here, easy to get to. And you can start the search online at OffenbergHyundai.com. Great looking vehicles, over 100 pre owned vehicles online that you can check out. We're talking about all different brands on that lot in O'Fallon, Illinois. Green Mountain Road is the exit. Again, OffenbergHyundai.com is the website where you can begin that search, the original Hyundai dealer in this town back in 1989, Offenburg Hyundai. Let's set the table at least for a couple other things that are going on. You have Mizzou tonight hosting Oral Roberts. We checked in with Kanzo Martin yesterday. Billiken's home. It's a Sunday day game against Oregon State at the Chaffetz, I believe, at around 2 or 2.30. Blues are also home Sunday. So a couple of matinees, Billiken's and Blues at home. Blues have the Canucks, but tonight... The note will play. Jets. 
Jets in Winnipeg, and they've been pounded by the Jets. And sometimes the Blues need to be a heavier team, and then there's other nights they need to be a faster team. Every other year, though, I feel Correct. like you build a heavy team. Correct. Then you have to be quicker. It seemed like the heaviness really worked on that team that got to the Western Conference Final, right? It seemed to work but okay. But then also. But, but, then, but, but then San Jose was fast, so we got to be faster. That's true. But to then be fair. that team kind of with David Backus signing with the Bruins, with Troy Brower leaving, and then you kind of shifted. It does seem like. If the Blues aren't doing well, we just basically say they need to be heavy if they're fast, and they need to be fast if they're heavy. Correct. We kind of just defer to that. The only good news, it's the last time they're playing the Jets this season, a division rival, and it is a Friday. The last four Fridays, (laughs) the Blues have taken care of business. doesn't matter if it's Nashville, San Jose. They went and won at Las Vegas. And they won at Colorado last Friday. So maybe the Friday magic will be there. We'll see. And they're rested. Remember, Strick said if the Blues are rested, they play better. Yeah, they had a day off. And they had, no, no, no. When they made the coaching change, they added their swagger. Remember, they have confidence now. Players need confidence. So they're 2 4 1 with the confident look. They are injured. To be fair, they are injured. uh, Confidence right now. Oh, it's tough. Like, they're fragile. The coach said fragile. Is there a worse word to apply to a hockey team? But right now they're they're fragile physically. Look, we all want the Blues to do well. It just seems like this is one of those seasons. And I'm trying to find the silver lining. I think with the Blues the last couple years, as they were still fighting to make the postseason, and they did two years ago. Last year they just missed it, had a chance last day, last game of the season. But a couple years back you trade Shattenkirk. Last year you trade Paul Stastny. So you're kind of in between with – you still want to push for the playoffs. You have a legit chance, but let's still get some value out of our, our shorter-term assets. The Cardinals have been in this spot the last couple of years where they're kind of in the middle. Do you sell? Do you buy? You have a shot at the wild card. This year, maybe because the Blues are so bad, unfortunately, and then now you add onto a last-place team the injuries on top of it where it just makes sense to take, take now the next 9, 10 months and solely look towards the 2019 20. 20 season rebuild the roster it doesn't have to be a three to five year rebuild i honestly think on paper this team should be better if you make some tweaks it just seems like you would have to go on such a run this year right to have any chance of even making the playoffs i think that's that's a huge gamble and it, it seems like it's just it, it's better to look towards next year and try to shift the roster and try to at the trade deadline take advantage of some other contending teams that'll give up some more from some of your players. It seems like that's this type of year. A related note, and it gets us back to the Cardinal conversation, which everything in St. Louis does, but looking to the future, John Mozeliak said it, and I guess it was in the scrum. Everybody talks to everybody like five times because they're at the podium, then they're <laughs> in a scrum, then they're on the radio. So I do get confused as to when it was said, but he – was pointing out that his job is always about down the road. Like, I can't just, you know, I'm in charge of like a steward of the franchise, more or less. So he said, I often worry about 2020, 2021. What are we going to look like in 2025? He said, this move was very specific to 2019. And that I had to sort of change the MO a little bit and say, like, we'll give up prospects, ones that maybe we don't value as highly as they do, but we'll give up talent for one-year potential rental because we have to. In other words, they did, and he said, we got out of our comfort zone by doing this. In other words, it's a one-year rental, which doesn't help you in 2021, 2022, 
unless you sign him, which would be great. I, I do think th- they will. Though. I think they have confidence that that can get done, even though uh, there's no guarantees there. So I thought it was interesting that he was basically saying this is a move with next year specific in mind, as opposed to always doing a move for down the road. Take yourself back to before the 2015 season when the Cardinals had a similar situation, different reason, obviously, with the tragic passing of Oscar Tavares, and they need an outfielder, and they trade for Jason Hayward also for one year. At the time, even though you, you understood the move and you, you liked Hayward and that, that option, weren't you more upset about giving up Shelby Miller at that time as a Cardinals fan? And, again, I understand Shelby Miller. It hasn't worked out after that. But my point is you're getting a better player in Paul Goldschmidt, and it seems like everybody is absolutely fine with the prospects you gave up. You didn't have to give up some of these guys that you think are going to have really, really strong big league careers. And, again, maybe Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver will also, but I think at this point the guys the Cardinals gave up to get a six-time all-star slugging first baseman, everybody saw that deal and said, man, the Cardinals did a great job. Another point of, I guess, clarification, I said to Mr. DeWitt, it is interesting. Nobody calls him Bill. He's Mr. DeWitt, right? He's the owner. He's the boss. He's Mr. DeWitt. That, and this was off camera. We were just talking. I said, why didn't Arizona give you that window to negotiate? And he said, honestly, in deals like that, that magnitude of a player, he said, you almost can't get it done. So it's almost pointless. Like a 48-hour window, a 72-hour window. He said, you really can't get them done. Like, those deals are so hard, to, and there's, I guess, a lot of minutiae probably involved, too, and back and forth over the dollars. And he said, more or less, it would not have mattered. And my point was, if I'm Arizona, so my whole point was, was moot. <laughs> I don't know that he knew I was making this great point last couple of days because I thought if they had signed him long term, then all of a sudden the value is way higher and you're giving up a lot more. So it's to the Cardinals' benefit that that didn't happen. But he basically said it it wasn't Arizona's fault for not doing it. Nothing, More or less, nothing would have happened. You see that all the time in the NBA, though. They do those sign-in trades all the time. Major League Baseball, you obviously don't see that really at all, I think. Tell, tell me your opinion on this. I think it's funny because as we talk about Paul Goldschmidt coming here since Wednesday, we've discussed he just – he feels like a Cardinal. Everything you've heard about him, being compared to Albert Pujols and very understated and a humble superstar. And then we sit here and talk to him for, what, 30 minutes? And I already thought the Cardinals had a great chance of re-signing him. And, and maybe this is naive on my part. But then you sit here for 20 minutes and listen to him, and that percentage has now gone up. He just – I know we compare him to Matt Holliday and all that. He just seems like the perfect candidate that's going to want to stay here. And a guy who's played a long time in Arizona, is he going to want to keep moving around? It was pointed out to him, hey, this is all new. You're not going to be in Arizona for spring training. you got to move. And, they, and I think Randy Carrick said, you have a whole new life. It was like he was an FBI undercover. He said, well, <laughs> not exactly a whole new life. His family's like, hey, we're still your family. But to that point, it's a different experience, I would guess, and he didn't want to comment at all on it, that he'll fit in well and likely want to stay. And it's not just the old, tired narrative Oh, players want to come here. Players want to come here. And I did ask Bill DeWitt about that. And he said, because I, th- I said, hasn't that kind of died in the last few years, that idea? And he said, I still believe the majority of players. He said, some will pre- prefer New York or L.A., absolutely. Or they might be from a certain city. He said, but I still believe the majority of players in the game, if you ask them, would say they'd be happy to play here. And I think that is true. We may have overstated it for a while as a way to win somebody over. That maybe was silly.
Yeah, and we always focus, though, on the region and the city of St. Louis, I feel like, when we have that conversation. Let's also talk about, I mean, the baseball team winning and being close to the playoffs or in the postseason and close to a World Series. That also has to be very attractive to these guys who, who want to resign there. And I'll bring up Jason Hayward again. We all kind of joked around when he made the comment about aging core, but to be fair, when he made that comment, he was accurate in, in the sense of where the Cubs were going for those next three years and where the Cardinals were going. So it was actually a, a fair comment to make. But right now you're talking about a Cardinals team with 88 wins, and they are a superstar away from maybe getting close with another piece to get into 95 and, and to be a legit World Series contender. Uh, happening now, Charlie, as, as, as it's news, news to us, Joe Roderick here hands me the phone. Ben Boyd, the great Ben Boyd from uh, Radio Rival, KMOX. We're, <laughs> we're back and forth with them all the time. I was the stalling for you right there. You guys looked like there's the big if – this, if this news underwhelms me, I'm going to be disappointed no, this, because I stalled for you. Joe, here, Roger, Joe, you shared. It's, oh, I was just going to say, it's, just, it's, just something, oh, it's, it's, it's notable. Cute. Yeah, it's notable. Because so, of what you were I, talking about with Paul, Paul Goldschmidt. He, Paul Goldschmidt went and did an interview um, with KMOX, and as he was walking back, there was a fourth and fifth grade taking a tour of Bush Stadium that just randomly got to meet the Cardinals' new first baseman. That's cool. It's him mingling with a bunch of yeah. grade school kids, which is, fits the narrative that you were just talking about. However, we've buried the lead here, midday grind. Martin Kilcoin, Charlie Marlowe, live. As Burwell would say, from the bowels of Bush Stadium, Joe Roderick, our broadcast engineer, uh, Frank and Martin live earlier today. The Goldschmidt Press Conference, you heard it live on 590 The Fan, then a visit with Bill DeWitt Jr., the Cardinals owner. But the, the lead here is that Charlie was at home with his family on a Thursday night, good for you, vacation night, putting up the tree, holiday greetings and blessings, and you were focused on the over-under on the Jags-Titans game, the game that nobody cared about. Although Derrick Henry made us care a little bit, 99-yard oh touchdown goodness. run. Where did that Derek come from? Henry. Somebody on the uh, on my personal Twitter had a great. Do you have a tweet. work Twitter as no. opposed to your personal? Well, Twitter? not not the text line eight five five two eight two eight two five. You got like multiple phones, like a. Doug Vaughn has multiple phones. You know that? That's sketch. Um, I agree. No, I have to find this because this is where I, I read this tweet and I said the listeners of five ninety the fan and the listeners of the midday grind they get it because. Derrick Henry just goes crazy yesterday. Somebody tweets at me, and they said, Spag's voice. So if we didn't allow Henry to score on that 99- and 54-yard touchdown, <laughs> we hold him to under 80 yards. I so if you get rid I of the 99 and the 54, then he's below 80. And how many people, though? I know you don't care about fantasy football. You're a deadbeat owner. Was last We're going to kick you out of the league. That's fair. Was last night – Playoff time for, for almost our, every league. Okay, so Rich Gould. Don't was, worry, you're not in the playoffs. <laughs> Rich Gould. Hey, my team is finishing strong. Well, consolation bracket. Rich Gould was facing Derrick Henry. Do you think going into that game he even knew Derrick Henry was opposing him or even cared, and all of a sudden now he's done. He's basically cooked because of one game. I actually checked that league, and whoever Rich played did play Derrick Henry. But for a lot of people, Derrick Henry has been pretty – underwhelming recently i guarantee you there's a lot of people who had some depth at running back sat him and the jags have a good defense and they sat derrick henry and he had one of the most incredible games of all time here all right so you mentioned spags the other lead that we didn't want to bury this freedom football league which we should probably bury that which nobody's aware of it's fine mike jones the, the great ram is associated with it current coach at slew high not totally clear on what this league is but in the press release it says we were founded on four pillars. I, like I just that. I want you to know, in honor of Spags, 
the four pillars are back. I don't know what their pillars were. Ricky Williams may have included marijuana, but the four pillars are a big part of what they're doing at the Freedom Football League, which did have a nice press release. However, it didn't say when the league was beginning, (laughs) where they would play their games. You know, minor details. May I ask this question? We love football in the United States of America. The NFL is fantastic. Years ago, what, 30 years ago, I read the – I read the, the great book about it, Jeff Perlman's book about the USFL, and they tried, and you had Donald Trump involved, and they tried to basically compete with the NFL in the same, in the same uh, season. In the fall, it didn't work. Why now, though, do we now have – I mean, I'm trying to count. Three. Them. We have three competing – All spring slash summer football leagues. Besides the NFL, we have the Alliance, we have this Freedom League, we have the XFL coming in 2020. I'm just wondering why we're getting all these leagues now. I, I don't know. And why is St. Louis in the middle of it? They're an obvious play because they had a team that left. And the Freedom Football League is going to cities where the NFL left them high and dry, including the San Diegos of the world. The XFL included St. Louis, but the other nine cities were all NFL cities. Nobody cares is the the short answer. (laughs) I just saw the four pillars, and I started laughing. I thought fans of the coveted hour would totally understand. Texters at 855-282-8255, the fact that the Bryce Harper dream, I'm going to just say that it died here today in this press room. Is that fair? Unless they're bluffing, Or right? Wednesday when the deal was when he, consummated. Oh, when the Goldschmidt deal. Yeah, but yeah. now it's official. Are you okay with that? I know folks would love him to sign everybody, but I think as far as bold moves go, changing up your lineup, this does, in fact, qualify. And we were trying to find a negative. And I love the why. Fact. Why are you always no, trying to find a negative? No, why can't John Mozeliak said the same thing. That's what I said. He said the same thing. The dude just trades for a six-time no. All-Star, and your first question is, "Hey, no. who else are you getting?" No, come on now, enjoy it for no. one day. Mozeliak said at the podium, "I was trying to find a negative no. here." No, I heard that. That was a good soundbite. And it, Hoff and I were like, "Thank you." It does exist out there, and nobody could find it. That's my point. That's the soundbite we used on Fox Two for my live shot. At 11 o'clock. That was an award-winning a live shot. So a year from now, when Goldschmidt's holding up that Yankees 44 jersey, and he says he was really bitter that he didn't get the 44, and it's why he never wanted to be in St. Louis, we all have to then undo all the takes, okay? What's your percentage right now, our favorite game, that Paul Goldschmidt signs with the Cardinals either midseason 19 or, or after the year and signs, let's say, you know, for, for multiple years, that he'll be a Cardinal in the year 2020? What's your percentage? Uh, 2020, there's a lot going on. Um, all right, is it in season or just period? It doesn't matter. Okay, just, just period. For the 2020 season, Paul that Goldschmidt he is under, will be a Cardinal. I'll say 85%. I like that percentage. I threw this Twitter poll out there last night as well. Trying to put Schaefer out of work? <laughs> yes. Do you think Paul Goldschmidt? Schaefer will just say, great trade, and you get 4,000 likes. 7, we have to do an investigation. It doesn't Bob matter, Mueller, but it bothers people like you and me. Bob Mueller needs to investigate how Brennan Schaefer can tweet out, hey, Cardinals, nice strikeout, and then he gets 7,000 7, <laughs> likes. Something's going on there. Uh, I tweeted this out last night, the poll. Do you think Paul Goldschmidt will be on the Cardinals roster in 2020, meaning he will sign an extension or sign in free agency? 73% said yes, almost 900 votes. 73% of the people think Paul Goldschmidt will be a Cardinal in 2020. I guess that makes it official. That's that's pretty good. All right, quick break here. Midday Grind live from downtown St. Louis. Cocktails and conversation coming up at 1. Strick is going to be live at Schneidhorst. It's hockey sense today. I'm going to have to text him. We'll see who is on the program. Oh, Jober's jokes have returned. Guess what, Charlie? It's the holiday season, or as Strick says, tis the season. Mm-hmm. I believe the jokes today 
are all holiday related. Can't wait. Can't wait. That's next.